Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. How? Uh, I need to know, what was the thing that you wore to that cute underwear party last listen, night? Listen, here, you know, everyone's like, how can you go to underwear parties? It's like, don't you feel self-conscious? And mm-hmm. one of the things that makes you feel great at an underwear party mm-hmm. is a great pair of underwear. Really? Yeah, so you can go to underwearexpert.com. It's this incredible membership underwear service where they just send you all of the things you love in a yes. fresh new box so that you can go to underwear parties. So can I get a jewel I'm Listen, their, their underwear expert will send you what you need, baby. You can preview your box before it ships and change pairs. Each box is carefully curated. Ooh, curated. Ooh, curate me, zaddy. <laughs> curate me, zaddy. Ah! <laughs> Based on your style preferences, and you can make changes at any time, because Lord knows I love to ship out something old and bring in something new. Bring in something new is why you can't keep a man or a pair of underwear. So true. Go to underwearexpert.com. The coupon code is THOT, spelled T-H-O-T, for 55% off the first month. Again, that's coupon code THOT, T-H-O-T, for 55% off the first month. 55! Hi. Hello there. <laughs> Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest. We're in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, mm. identity, Ooh. culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for Thought. Honestly, we're just trying to fuck our way to fame. <laughs> so far, or so good. Honestly, fully true. Did you know that I'm um, in like in a uh, hanky code of of uh, the the gay of gay your that a silver lame hanky meant that you were a, a star fucker. <gasps> oh. And I was like, I was like, okay, so I need that one. Is there is, is there a sugar baby like an active sugar baby hanky code? Because that's what I need to be wearing. <laughs> hard saying, honestly. I am Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer, and honestly, I just don't fuck biphobes. Mm. I am Fran. I'm a writer, editor, and um, Pride is 12 months a year, girl. Where are you? <laughs> Fully true. I am Dennis Norris II, and I'm a reader, a writer, and a former figure skater. And I really love Pride because my senior year in high school, I sucked a lot of straight jock dick in those oh God, few Dennis. days what? leading up to graduation. No! Have some pride, Dennis. Have those some days pride. Fondly. It was really fun. All my football what? fantasies came true. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Ashley Ford. I am a writer, podcaster, uh, a host. I do all kinds of things, but the thing I love most about Pride is that it's the best month to remind people that I'll take their girl if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god producer I'm... Alex just got herself taken I'm <laughs> done. done I'm so sorry that vocal friend I'm sweating <laughs> I, I, I wow. am taken out I am, I'm done officially well done. a thought friend oh, you are Fran, do you want to tell us what's on the menu today? Yeah, on that note, <laughs> we have a sweaty game of swipe right, swipe left. Um, <laughs> Ashley's going to bless us with a delectable uh, thoughty story. For our thought process, we go both ways. And our dessert, I guess you could say, is golden. Oh! Showers. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> Take it away. I'm feeling a little peckish, so let's start the top of this show the way any good top should, with a little tease, a little something to wet your palates. It's the amuse-bouche, and today we're going to amuse your bouches with a very classic, classic game. Yeah, yeah, I'm French. I speak speak fluent French, Joe. (laughs) Which you do not. I'm a doctor and I speak fluent French. Stop erasing my bi-identity, Fran! Uh, and so if you're not familiar, swipe right, swipe left is wherein we sway through cultural objects as if it were Tinder. Um, and uh, we decide which ones we would swipe right or swipe left on. So first up, we have pride campaigns. <laughs> <laughs> 
end capitalism now. I swipe left. <laughs> <laughs> um, I swipe right because I really like rainbows and I like seeing them everywhere. Oh. I do. I do. I know. I know they're messy, but I swipe right. I am redacting my comments on rainbows and will never speak about it in public. But what I will say about pride campaigns is that I actually do believe in impact from corporations sometimes uh, and I do believe in what that kind of visibility can do for actual queer communities however I rarely see pride campaigns done well mm. Mm. Ashley yeah. oh this is so interesting to me because I started really getting serious about my person right before Tinder happened. So I have mm. no concept of Tinder in a lot of cases. <laughs> oh. So the left um, is the bad one and the right is the good one. Okay, so I'm going to swipe right on queer people getting paid. Mm. Yes. And I'm going to swipe left on the limiting opportunities for queer yeah. people to get paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just, you yeah. know, I one of my big problems with like the capitalist activism of things like Pride Campaign, also philanthropy in general, is it's like you could imagine just taxing rich people and taxing corporations and then taking that money to have an actual safety net for actual queer people Literally. or mm. having actual health care mm-hmm. instead of depending on the corporations to like dangle things for a month. You know what I mean? So like I wonder if it gets in the way sometimes of the actual structural changes that will make a huge meaningful impact on the lives of so many queer people. Mm. Right. Reality always mm. gets in the way mm. of yeah. the future. God. Yep. Gosh, shakes fist at reality. <laughs> it does. Literally <laughs> just that Yoko Ono piece shouts into the wind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, swipe right, swipe left. The fact that people in Boston are trying to have a straight pride parade. <laughs> <laughs> that is happening right now as we speak uh, has allegedly been sanctioned by the city oh boston mm. Mm. oh boston Bob's oh, in boston do you want to care to comment <laughs> i almost want to swipe right just to see that crash and burn like, <laughs> like really really Violet. just to be like because i love the idea of dunking on straight people sometimes oh, yes. and just being like you know, it's almost like walking around at their parade and be like, mm, this is how you've been living. You know what <laughs> yes, I mean? Like, yes. this is what you bring it to the table. Like the opportunity to judge with that amount of like yep. self-righteous heat yeah. is delectable. It's really hard to pass up. Right. There would be so many cargo shorts, I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and uh, I would. Tivas. I would, <laughs> I would go there as like a photojournalist. Like I would go yes. to take photos and keep them in an archive. And then like 20 years later, when all these people claim that they marched in the streets, right. you know, for LGBTQ rights, I'm going to be like, isn't this you in these old Navy cargo shorts? Well, props yes. to Derek for throwing the first straight brick yes. at the Boston Pride Parade. <laughs> straight Pride was a riot. <laughs> Just that time. Swipe right, swipe left. The fact that Arthur's Mr. Ratburn got married and has been gay this whole time is a gay rat. I cannot. I love it. Me too. I'm so happy. Yeah, we all do. Right. Swipe right. And who hasn't dated a gay rat before? You know? I mean, yeah. Absolutely. Mine was just dog sitting for me while I was in New Orleans. Him and his boyfriend. My high school boyfriend that I was with all through high school. My first gay rat. My first gay rat. We we were together for so long. He was my best friend in the entire world. And he just like dog sat my dog and stayed with him the whole time. Oh, Uncle Brett and Uncle Luis. Oh, they're fantastic. Amazing. Amazing. I love that. I love um, Mr. Rapper. Arthur was like the show that got me out of bed in the morning. Mm. Um, and like my mom was on. And it was also. Exa- <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. My mom would. I. I. That was like the old, one of the few shows that I was allowed to watch because my parents were very protective of me. And to the fact that this show that is deemed as like a moralistic, untouchable, perfect, pure thing is like hosting yeah, queer people. Beautiful. It's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, yes. It's beautiful. Um, swipe right, swipe left. Marriage. <laughs> swipe right. <laughs> <laughs> For context, Ashley, you are married. I'm so. super married and I love it. But I I love being married, but 
I think one of the things to remember about being married is that you're supposed to have your own marriage with mm. your person mm-hmm. if you're going to get married. Mm. My husband and I, for a really long time, were like, okay, do we want to get married because we don't want all of the societal stipulations and expectations of what a marriage looks like to be placed on us. And one day we were looking at each other and it's like, we don't have to be married like anybody else. No, Like if we're married, we can just be married to each other. Like as, as we are and grow together and on our own terms. And I think that just clicked. And that now it's like, it's like we're in a clubhouse. It's like we have this tree house Mm -hmm. in Brooklyn and we have all our toys up there of, all varieties and (laughs) we end up having so much fun together in our marriage because that's what we decided that's beautiful i love that um yeah i swipe right on marriage i think (laughs) i think it could be fun and i want to go through the whole process of getting a fabulous dress and a big ring on my left finger (laughs) oh that's there now Um, okay those are those are the things that i really care about but no i (laughs) i the thing one of the things that i've learned in my like like adulthood is that i really love it when i find myself in a new context. And it's usually even something that I always expected. So like when I graduated college and like had my first real job, like that was, I learned a lot about myself in that moment. And I sort of think of marriage as an opportunity for something very similar. Like even if I'm in a really committed relationship, taking that step is going to be a new context. And I'm always excited to kind of like see how I fare in those situations. So Mm -hmm. I, I'm into it. I'm into it. And one day I'd like to be married. I swipe Yoko Ono shouting into the wind. <laughs> um, no, I mean, you know, I totally agree that well, we have to understand that marriage is a, a troubled and troubling institution mm-hmm. historically. Uh, that doesn't mean that we can't clear it in important ways for us. I shout into the wind because I really deeply want uh, a, a relationship that looks like a marriage and, and, and I don't have one. So <laughs> thoughts slide into the DMs. <laughs> swipe right, swipe left. Moana. <gasps> Yes, yes, Everyone listening at home, I really wish you could see Ashley's face right now. I have never seen such an expression of human joy. Surprised at Christmas, like it is utter joy. I literally have never been as happy as you are right now. It's so perfect. It's so perfect and so true. Not once. I love Moana so much, you guys. Like, oh, I remember it took me so long to watch Moana. I didn't watch it in theaters. I ended up watching it for the first time on Netflix because everyone told me that there was some grandma stuff. Everybody who Mm. knew me was like, there's grandma stuff and they know how I feel about my grandma. My grandma helped raise me. Mm -hmm. She died January 2015. She's Mm. amazing. I had a, one of the first things I did when I got money was have a portrait painted of her and put on my wall. Like, I love my grandmother. But one day, my my husband was at work. At the time, he was uh, my fiance. And I was in the living room and I don't, I really don't know what happened, guys, but I just decided I'm making a blanket for it. No, uh, my friend Tracy Clayton was online, you know, Brooklyn McPoverty. She was online to, and she decided to start something called Fortnite. And she was asking everybody to build blanket forts. I built yes. a blanket fort immediately. And I was like, what am I going to do with my blanket fort in the living room? Oh my God. And I was like, oh, I'm going to watch Moana. <gasps> like I had yes. this. And I was like, I'm yes. finally going to do it. When, like I had all my blankets and stuff under my fort. I went and got my stuffed elephant that I sleep with every night. And I turned on Moana and I was just ri- from the ju- I was riveted and I was so happy. And my husband came home and he looked into my fort and he was like, hey, uh, can I come in? And I was like, yeah. And so I paused the movie and he brought in a couple of beers and we just sat there watching Moana drinking beers. And at the end, I was like. This, like my life is different. Yeah. Like yes. I, I am different yes. now. Oh it is never. I bullied Lin Manuel, Lin Manuel Miranda into following me on Twitter. Yes. 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 I was like, it was basically, yeah. It was like I like to believe it was a free choice, but inside I know that he was probably like, this is one of those times where my life is in danger and the follow is worth it. Yeah. I uh, want to be in a quad relationship with you, your husband, and that blanket for it. Oh my god. Can, can, I, can I also come I in? Don't you all the rocks character? Understandable. That guy is. You thick. can have a moat of Joe's tears around the blanket oh, fort, which would just uh, probably protect you. So that's a good thing. That's true. That's I swipe heavily right on Moana. Um, 
the song How Far I'll Go <gasps> is part of the reason why I chose to quit my awful job, mm. which is a longer story for another day. But I listen to it all the time, especially when I'm feeling anxious or scared. And I sometimes will watch the movie and just feel better about my entire existence. I love it. Mm. I'm here mm. for it. I love that. For our second segment, we have an impure thought lined up, and all y'all are in for a treat because <laughs> Ashley C. Ford is here to give us unadulterated pottery. I am so excited, Ashley. Please set the scene for us. Tell us the logistics of your perhaps a raucous hookup or a sexy, slutty mm-hmm. story or something that wasn't that slutty at all, and it just was ended sad. in disaster. <laughs> what happened? Well, when my husband, not my husband then, when we were in college, which is where we met, we were very, um, we were, we did not consider ourselves boyfriend and girlfriend. We considered ourselves two people who really liked each other and only wanted to spend time with each other, but not serious. Fran literally That's, just started touching his nipple. Um, <laughs> so For those oh. watching at home, <laughs> Fran's like, oh, you get to we spend time it. with someone without commitment? Oh I mean, that, I mean, that's what it was. And also, Kelly was going to be coming to New York for an internship. At the time, I was like, I will never live in New York. Uh, not interested. <laughs> but I hope you have a great time and we will remain friends. And that's where I was with it. And that was fine because I really liked him, even though he was a bit of a party boy. Mm. And, you know, whatever. Well, anyway, Kelly had a really big going away party. Okay. And at the going away party, uh, there was this girl there who I had been flirting with for a while. Mm -hmm. And she was just gorgeous. Please describe. Yeah. She was one of the most beautiful. Like, she just, she was one of these, uh, like, young women with like she had dimples that God, made dimples. her yeah. dimples are such a like yeah. they get me every yeah. time yeah, yeah, she had yeah. dimples she had really long red hair Ooh. um did she have a smile dimples and smile together yes, like smile but she had one of those do you know like those I, I almost hate to say it like this because it's such a cliche but the like the the people who don't have to smile big for their dimples to show up oh, they do like there. they do like the small smile and the dimples are in full glow Oh my god! Like that's what she looked like. Plus, she was really smart, Ugh. and she was just she was ferocious in a way that I really liked. And she at this party, I think because she was like, you know, okay, clearly Kelly's about to leave, Ugh. you know. But <laughs> oh, then, she was trying to. I think she was trying to like. Yeah. And so we were talking, and you know, things were going really well. And she was like, "Well, you know, where are you spending the night?" And yes, I told her that I was, one. I know, Wait, I told her that, I, yes, I told her I was spending the night there at, at his house with him. Okay, and okay. she was like, well, you know, Kelly's kind of cute. And I am rock hard. No, <laughs> that how the negotiation went down? I so mean, it was fast. very, this was all, I mean, I mean. You had to, <laughs> you have to understand Ooh. this is also in Muncie, Indiana. <laughs> and that's very important we are, context. Like we are at like and my college is amazing. I love my college. But I'm also I'm in like the English department with like all like we all hang out with like the poets and the you know like the weird the weird weirdos. Like that's who we were hanging out yeah. with and it was the best. But it was also like we were all very young and, and obviously incredibly hot still, thank God. And <laughs> it was just like, hey, why not? And so we were talking and at a certain point she was sitting on my lap and we were like talking and I see yes. Kel from across the room right. looking at me kind of like, hey, what's going on? What is not going a, on? Like not in a bad way, but definitely in like a curious way. <laughs> and so okay, we step outside, Kel and I, like we're on his back porch. He's having a cigarette. Um, and I said, I think uh, she would like to stay with us tonight. Mm. And he was like, <laughs> what? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, great. And he went back to <laughs> And basically ended his party and told everybody they had to go. Like, it was like, and and up until this point, there'd been like, you know, a little bit more interaction, like some flirting and stuff. But when I basically, when I was like, hey, I think this might happen, how do you feel? 
feel about that. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I feel like everybody's got to get the fuck out. <laughs> so was everyone just like, was it like a like a big announcement? Was it like a whispering well, and dissemination of information? Well, basically what happened was, and now let me say this, Kelly is and always has been a gentleman about these things. Like he didn't want to embarrass anybody. He yeah. didn't want anybody all up in our business or <laughs> yeah. whatever. But he did go in and start, you know, oh, you know, it's getting late. And it, it was late enough that it was like okay Feasible. but but not late enough for kelly a kelly stacy party right, you know yeah, what i mean course, like so everybody was like what but and his best friend was like what like what do you mean man come on you know yeah. and he turns to his best friend um and whispers in his ear and then his best friend this is the only person that i think he told that night his best friend just goes all right, everybody, get the get fuck out. <laughs> get yes. out. So then his best friend is like, everybody's got to get out. I would have rocked around with a full-on megaphone. Like, I'm about to have a three-star. So basically, you know, we the only people who end up staying are his roommate and uh, my uh, roommate, uh, who uh, also ended up, together oh my god so his roommate his roommate and my roommate were in one room me him and heather were in the other room we are both having our separate excellent time can you hear Um, across the we can hear each other that's so hot and then like and so that's interesting that we can hear each other and but we're all just having fun and it's like this great night it just goes on for hours like at one point we get up and like kelly uh, hands me and Kelly has three robes for some oh, reason. He hands wow. me and for some her. Reason. He literally came robes. He literally has three robes. We're all so we're all in robes on his back porch smoking cigarettes, and oh. then we go back in for round two. That's better than the yeah. side. And- As a tourist, I, like that's what I look forward to is sitting on the porch wearing a robe and smoking. A it was amazing. Yeah. We all get back and like and it's and it's just this beautiful experience that we had. Um, except when we all, but uh, when we all finally come out into the living room the next day and are not like under the influence of various things, um, we noticed that our one of our friends Joseph was actually sleep on the couch the whole time. Ah! <laughs> So Joseph. Joseph was there the whole time. In my mind, and he's furiously was... jacking off no, to the no. noise. <laughs> because you would be. Because you fully would be. Because your name is Joseph. Yes, Joe what is he doing? But that's not, Joe is fully him, inserting himself into the story. <laughs> <laughs> but not this Joseph. This Joseph was great. But anyway, um, <laughs> that was... <laughs> <laughs> Respectful human. He wouldn't have done that. <laughs> but this ended up being a really, really um, wonderful and uh, pleasurable time. But it was so wonderful and pleasurable that even though that was the night of the party, that was not like, it's not like Kelly left the next day. He was actually around for another, um, I think, like three weeks. For, oh. for different things. He just, Ooh. that's just the only time we could get together. And so we just kept meeting up with <gasps> this girl oh, for yes. that whole time. And, <laughs> but the thing that was always really uh, charming about it for me was that we would always invite her to come over to watch Lord of the Rings. That. And so then we would put in Lord of the Rings and then we'd all just end up fucking <laughs> and yes. Lord of the Rings would be on in the background. And I am such a nerdy nerd that I was like, yeah, like this is my dream. Oh, yes, buddy, get it up. <laughs> Stick your staff deep oh, in me. I mean, oh my God. God. It I'm was, trying to think of more Lord I'm, of the Rings for It play. was powerful. I'm harder we did, than Ent right now. <laughs> <laughs> we did invite her into the Ring of Power, and it was fantastic. One ring to rule them all. Yes. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. We had a really great time, and the fellowship still stays in contact. Yes! We are all good buds, Do you, you still... know, and it's fine. Ashley, we did not deserve that. No. <laughs> we truly did not. Thank you We so fully much. did. We fully did. <laughs> we needed that. You guys, I'm getting so many compliments on my champagne pink shoes from Heather. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. So versatile. You know, it goes in L.A., it goes in New York, it goes in St. Paul, it goes everywhere you want to be. It's perfect. They're durable, they're lastable, they're beautiful. Mm. I'm actually 
starting to wear sneakers because of them. Wow. wow. They are the only pair that I own. Epic sacrifice, D. Everwine mm-hmm. only makes premium essentials using the finest materials without traditional markups. They want you to know what you're paying for and why. So they tell you their real costs and are radically transparent about every step in their process from the materials they use to the ethical factories they work with, no matter your style preferences. Everwine's clothes look better, True. cost less, True. and last that's very right. true mm. because everlane sells directly to you their prices are 30 to 50 percent lower than traditional retailers and you know we broke benches out here need the discount mm, that's mm. true and i love the denim jackets oh my god it goes everywhere as well and right now you can check out our personalized collection at everlane.com slash t-h-o-t Plus, you get free shipping on your first order. What are you waiting for? That's everlane.com slash T-H-O-T, everlane.com slash T-H-O-T. So, Joseph, Uh you're a sad person, right? Oh, just horrifically, constantly. How many times have you cried today? Uh more than I can count. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> typical. BetterHelp.com online counseling is there for you. Oh my God, thank God. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed professional counselor specializing in issues that you want to talk about. Connect with your counselor in a safe and private environment. Get help at your own time on your own pace. Schedule a secure video and a phone session, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. Best of all, there's it's truly an affordable option. Food for Thought listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code THOT. T-H-O-T. If you've been wanting to talk, get started today. Go to betterhelp.com slash THOT. Simply fill out the questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love, one that can always change. That's betterhelp.com slash T-H-O-T, promo code T-H-O-T. Only on Netflix June 7th, Tales of the City is a beloved, acclaimed series of novels by Armistead Maupin and a TV miniseries. In this new chapter of the franchise, the story picks up a a cast of characters who live on Bearberry Lane in present-day San Francisco, and it introduces a vibrant and diverse world of new characters that surround them. It began as a San Francisco Chronicle column in the 1970s by gay author Armistead Maupin that then evolved into his novels, followed by the 1990s PBS and Showtime miniseries that chronicled the fictional lives and relationships of a group of LGBTQ friends and neighbors living in San Francisco at 28 Barbary Lane. For many LGBTQ viewers, it was the very first time they saw themselves and their lives portrayed in a sincere, authentic, accepting way. LGBTQ characters were front and center, not on the sidelines or secondary to the plot. Now, Netflix is introducing a new modern chapter almost 20 years later to our global audience. I saw the series and I actually really loved it. TBH. I got a little screener. So go watch it. It's now streaming only on Netflix. It gave me a boner. Tomboy X is much more than the makers of damn fine, gender-inclusive, comfortable underwear that fits your body and how you see yourself. Their roots run deep in the queer community, and Pride Month is no exception. And in celebration of Pride Month, Tomboy X has done it again with their awesome new rainbow Pride collection. And let me tell you, their uh, unisuit is my favorite thing. Oh my gosh. It's just a little swim onesie with a rainbow zipper and I, black six inch seam. I wear it around the house, TBH. Honestly. <laughs> it holds right. everything well, now, up and in. Well, now mm. I have a boner. Mm. You just got to get one, Joe. You're the only thought that doesn't have one. True. Show your pride with the rainbow collection at Tomboy X. Go to tomboyx.com slash T-H-O-T. Enter T-H-O-T and get an extra 15% off your first order. Again, Get an extra 15% off when you enter THOT at tomboyx.com slash THOT. That's tomboyx.com slash THOT. It's time we get into the meat of our discussion, the thought process, if you will, spelled THOT. THOT. And for this discussion, um, our director of bisexual communications here at Food for Thought Incorporated, <laughs> Joseph Osmondson, will take the wheel. Hi, queens. Today we're talking about bisexuality. I am Joseph Osmondson, and I am a raging bisexual. Mm-hmm. Or am I? Oh, mm-hmm. something I want to get into. We love a, a writer mm-hmm. later today. Thomas at the beginning of the essay. Mm. The first person I came out to in college 
was my girlfriend at the time. She was incredibly supportive and loving that I had crushes on boys had nothing to do with our relationship to her. But when we broke up because of distance and the next person I dated was a boy, all of her friends and most of mine imposed a narrative of the closet. I hadn't really loved her. I'd been in the closet and now I was out. This erasure of who I was hurt. But what hurt worse than that was that people still didn't believe that I had actually loved her. I loved this woman so much and I actually still love her. Today, I'm sure we'll touch on erasure and language. I definitely want to talk about the difference between the words bisexual, pansexual, and queer. But thoughts. You know we like to start a little bit lighter before we work our way into the tough stuff. To start, I want you to talk about an experience you've had where you might have had, like, attractions to someone whose gender identity isn't a part of your expected sexuality or the first time you felt that for us bisexual thoughts in the room. Who was it? And how did it feel? Was it confusing? Was it hot? Was it both at the same time? I've never really thought about this before, but I had an experience last year at a drag show with a queen who I'd never seen perform before. I'm not, I'm not going to say her name. No. Okay. Um, but she is an amazing Brooklyn queen and she's very hot and she has kind of a, cabaret, slowly removing clothing type of routine. I'm harder than an inch. She is, I hate this term, but like in industry drag term is like she's very fish. Like she is okay. very, very womanly. Like would convince anybody. And I just, there was something about, the second she walked on stage, I just felt something overtake me. And I was wow. like, wow, I have never felt this way about a body like this right, right, or a right, form right. like this. And as the performance continued, I was so like, I'm like not someone who gets erections in public. Like it just, it's not a thing that I do. And I was same actually yeah. in trouble. Like, <laughs> I was like, what is going on? There was not, there was no opposed to, as opposed to a lot of like Brooklyn drug, there was no kind of like, Hey, hey like I'm a man, like, like, wink wink or anything like that there was no camp to it it was a very austere very sexy very like elegant earnest um cabaret kind of drag um song and i was overtaken and then confused (laughs) 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 what am i (laughs) do i like men or not oh god like existential crisis oh my god God. okay well (laughs) So, taking you back to sixth grade. Ooh. Okay. Um, <laughs> Take us back. So, first of all, in my, my sixth grade English class is when I, like, at the beginning of the year, I figured out that I must be gay because I had had crushes on boys my whole life. And when I was younger and had crushes on boys, I always was like, well, I haven't even hit puberty yet. So, like, maybe this is just how all little boys feel. But by the time I was in sixth grade, I was like, I'm in puberty. Like, like, the, this is attraction. Like, I have crushes on boys. And there was a boy who sat next to me in English class who is now, I think, a football coach at Ohio State that I had the biggest crush on. So, moving on from him. Soon after him, I was in a work group with this girl named Rita. And she had long red hair. She had oh. freckles. She was very skinny. But I think she had kind of, like, if I remember correctly, she had kind of, like, sizable boobs. Okay. Mm. And sixth she grade. was, this mm. is in sixth Actually, grade. And this listen, is the girl. It happened. Right? Right? Okay. And this is the These girl came in like, in third. Oh! Lit. Yes. They yes. It, is, it's, it happens. This is the girl who's like that girl in your sixth grade class who like at, lun- at recess at lunchtime sneaks behind the bleachers and like smokes a cigarette in sixth grade. Which oh, yeah. I was like, which I was like, you can do that. Like I was such a goody two shoes. <laughs> but anyway, I like had a crush on her. And I had a, we hung out a little bit in high school, even though we didn't go to the same school, and I had a crush on her then, too. Um, And so that was the first time that I've had a crush on, like, a woman. It's not the only time, Mm -hmm. but it was the first time. And I didn't think much of it, because I never even thought about, like, doing anything with her. And no one, like, no one would have believed me if I tried. Everyone would have been like, you were clearly a homosexual. (laughs) You little, like, figure skating faggot. But are you, though? Are you? Well, but... But am I? Ashley. Early high school, 
actually. Like, I had definitely had crushes on girls before that. I don't think I always recognized them as crushes. Mm -hmm, I think a lot of time Mm -hmm. I thought that I wanted to be like someone, and it was actually that I wanted to be with them. Mm. Um, That happened quite a bit. Mm. But with this particular person, it was interesting because do you guys remember there was this song that came out years ago um by a woman named amanda i don't she was this really butch latina chick who sang really pretty songs one of them was called like angel like it was like god send me an angel from the heavens above. Mm-hmm. I, I know that song, but I don't know. It was like an R&B poppy song mm-hmm. that came on the radio a lot. It actually did really well in the charts. And there was a um, like a concert at my high school when I was a sophomore. And I don't, like on the one hand, I want to be like, okay, this was kind of creepy. On the other hand, I'm like, uh, I was a very mature looking young woman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like that is absolutely like, if somebody had confused me for an adult, it wouldn't have been like on some, oh, you don't know what adult women look like. Right, right. It would have been on some, okay, fair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but still don't touch her. Uh, <laughs> yes. um, so I went to this like school concert and this dress that I had worn a million times that usually looked very cute on me basically looking like ta-da. Like it was ah! like, Woo! it was like, because I had grown in a way right, that right, it was right. like course, painted yeah, yeah. onto yeah, my yeah. body. And this was like a community thing. People's aunts, cousins, like all kinds of people come to see people do the winter concert yeah. and things like that. And I'm like a music kid. I'm a band kid. I'm a choir kid, all of that. And Amanda Perez comes because she has a family member who's performing. And I'm sitting somewhere by myself, and she sees me, and I see her, and she walks over to me and starts talking to me and gives me her number. What? And clearly does not— How old were you at the time? At the time, I was 16. She was probably in her early 20s and probably did not realize that I was 16. I was—at the time when she came over to me, I was not sitting with, like, any of my classmates— and I would even say at that time as somebody who definitely, like, I dealt with my share of shit at that age. Yeah. I'm always like, it doesn't matter. I was 16. But I can be honest about the fact that if I, when I look at pictures of myself from that time, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, mm. I, I definitely look like a grown-ass look, woman. I look like a grown-ass woman. Like, I definitely look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fine. Still, my body, my choice, everything. But I did look that way. And she gave me her number. And I had a boyfriend at the time. But I remember keeping that number and thinking about her all the time and thinking about calling her and thinking about meeting up with her. But also just knowing that I never would because I was with someone and, you know, like, and I just, I'm not that kind of person, you know, Uh, whatever. You have like those stipulations on things. But I thought about her for years and I kept her Mm. number for you, knowing I wouldn't call her, I yeah. kept her number for years and I thought about her all the time. The one that got away. Oh my I mean, God. like, in a way, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. in a way, I was like, oh, like, I it's, really thought she was something else. What you, what you said about your youth, Ashley, re- mm-hmm. really reminded me of mine. And I wonder if this is a, a thing that bisexuals of our generation mm-hmm. or people with wide gender attraction spectrums of our generation it might be a common experience to us where like I definitely had crushes on boys growing up. So I had mm-hmm. lots of crushes on girls and those I recognize as crushes because we live in a heteronormative society and we understand right. those types of feelings. You know, when you're a boy and you have a crush on a girl, we know how to contextualize that and give it right. a name. I definitely had crushes on boys that I didn't real. I was not tortured. I didn't feel closeted. I didn't feel repressed. I would just, no. I had these feelings towards boys um, that felt a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then retrospectively, I can look back and be like, Oh no, you just had a crush on that boy. Right. You know? Uh, and I probably, I really think that if I had just stayed in my hometown, and hadn't left and hadn't had access to like more shit in the world, mm-hmm. I probably would have just been straight and mm-hmm. and and not really, you know, worried or questioned. I wouldn't have been tortured. I don't think I would have been like, you know, going to bathhouses and cheating on my wife or anything. It just that would have been my life experience. And I wonder if that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Yeah. That people think so often that when you're attracted to multiple gender identities, that you cheat. that that means you can't be satisfied by Correct. one. Oh, uh, yeah. You like, you like, 
that's the like strangest like, like, notion right. to me. Like that's the strangest idea. Like I, I understand that people think that, but I have never. It's felt fear like based. I could understand that logic because it's fear based. Logical. It's fear based. It's yeah. fear based. Yeah. It comes from the place of you know. I think I think one of the things that damages us most as a society is our collective obsession with certainty. And people, right. when they are going to invest in someone, commit to someone, the way they want to think about a person, they want it to be mm. static. They yeah. want it. They want to be able to feel like they can make reasonable um, predictions about how you will act That's or right. what you will do mm-hmm. or what your life will look like. And when somebody feels like they mm. can't make those predictions about your life and they have to live with the discomfort That's of that, right. mm-hmm. they want to change you, the, not their they capacity. They want control over you. Instead of like thinking about what's going on with me that my capacity to understand different expressions of mm-hmm. love is so hindered and so limited like, why is my window so small? Yeah. Instead, they go, why is your window so, so big? big yeah. Why don't you make it smaller? There's way too much light getting in there. And in addition to, like, social cultural expectations of what your desire should be, sorry to be the Joseph Osmondson of this podcast, but <laughs> oh it also has oh, I'm to so do sorry. with capitalism. capitalism. Yes. It has yes. to do with the fact that if you don't fit into someone's box of whatever your so- sexual orientation is, they don't know how to sell you blue jeans or yep. soda or hotels. Like or, They don't know what to market to you if they can't check their demographical boxes. And that's why they're stealing the creative ideas all the time from people who right. are most marginalized is because they've decided to commit themselves and their business practices to limiting imagination mm. about what other people's lives might be or look like as much as possible. Yeah. And when you start limiting the creativity of ideas about what's possible, you automatically limit your ability to yeah. be creative. So these marketers actually are not like what we do in a lot of cases they actually can't do they don't know how to do Mm -hmm. they do not know how and instead of just saying i don't know how to do that what they've learned how to do is say but i know someone who does and i can monetize them without paying without paying them exactly but Mm -hmm. it's so interesting how expectations so color our life Mm -hmm. so i have a bisexual friend who's married to a woman and she you know they're both kinky and weird and queer and like you know not necessarily monogamous de facto Mm -hmm. but she was like uh you know this notion that bisexuals can't commit to only fucking one gender she's like that fucked me up because i felt like i had to prove that i could Mm -hmm. whereas she's actually like i do like dick <laughs> like, right. like I'm married to a woman but I also like getting dick and right. that's entirely okay as long as it's okay with my wife and okay in our relationship you know what I mean so yeah. it's, it's sort of like even living in opposition to the expectation the expectation is always sort of like hovering over how you're thinking and how we're imagining mm-hmm. possibilities for ourselves and for our, our relationships and I just got to plug my my, of course you do. My, <laughs> but not the book you're expecting, but Jose Esteban Munoz's first book oh, called Disidentifications oh. is actually about this very thing where, um, you know, even the rejection of an, identif- uh, of an identity, it, become, it colors your identity. So Absolutely. how can sort of we live not in opposition to, but try to imagine possibilities without that identity? It's really highly recommended. Everything starts inside. Everything oh. starts inside. You have to know what you want. Mm. You have to know what feels good to mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. You have to know all of those things so that you can talk to a partner about them. And you need to have a partner who understands that over time, these things will shift. change mm. and they will shift. And they need to be willing to grow with you or yep. at least talk to you about what you need in order to grow. Yep. Like, And if you have those things, I think what a lot of people try to do is try to control narratives that are uncontrollable mm-hmm. instead of just controlling what you can, which is communication. <sighs> like that's really the thing you can control mm-hmm. is talking to somebody mm-hmm. else about how you feel and where you are and what you want. Like that's it. You can't control their reaction. You can't control the reaction of the world. You can't control what your body wants, what your mm-hmm. mind wants, but you can listen to it and you can learn from it and you can grow even deeper into yourself. And if you do that, 
you're going to find the satisfaction. Yeah. And ultimately, mm. that's what almost all of us are looking for is meaning and satisfaction. Mm. Like, what does this mean? How do I give this meaning that makes sense to me? Yeah. And how do I find satisfaction in my engagement with it? One one thing that's been like that, that you know, I was like, oh, I'm pretty healthy, but that I really needed like years of therapy to deal with. Mm-hmm. For me, the, the thing that gets in the way of my communication is my fear of abandonment. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, mm-hmm. oh, if I'm honest with someone, about this thing that I'm nervous about talking about, it gets caught in my throat because they might leave me for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in my dating life in the last few months, I actually, that's happened a couple of times. I literally like expressed honestly, this these are my desires. These are the things that I want from a relationship. And the person did, or, or in one case, like, oh, we have a person in common from my past that I've dated. And, the per- and I was afraid of saying that to that person because I was afraid of being abandoned or rejected for only that reason. And indeed, that's exactly what happened but that ability to communicate in spite of my fear Mm. has been like a thing that really has taken i'm like in my mid to late 30s and have been in therapy for a couple of years it's hard as fuck man but joe but joe they're not walking away from you because if you tell them who you are Mm. and they walk away Mm. then what they're walking away from is the idea of Mm. who you would be or who they mm. think you would be when you fully embody yourself. So, Ashley, I <gasps> have to tell you something. We we're not recording the podcast at all. We have just <laughs> we've tricked you tricked you into coming into this studio to therapize all of us. No, just they they actually all decided just, that I Joe, don't have enough Joe therapy. Needs it. <laughs> So badly. This is not a podcast recording. This isn't even a studio. This is an intervention. (laughs) You guys are so nice. Insurance. (laughs) Most like square reader. Um, so we are getting into like the very philosophical and the very like kind of meaning oriented and feelings oriented elements of like what bisexuality is. And where I'm like very happily kind of a just a, an onlooker on what this conversation is as you to drive. I am curious about a lot of logistical questions that came up when <laughs> people were talking about, when I see people talk about bisexuality, especially mm-hmm. as someone who works at an LGBTQ plus magazine, wherein the B is something that is often ignored in a lot of other queer media spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, that criticisms by, frankly, trolls on Facebook, um, or even people that are just looking for reasons to erase by people, honestly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. reference binarism and talking about how to be bisexual means you only believe in two genders or to be yeah. bisexual mm. means you only basically they're talking about the limitations of what that term can mean. Yeah. Would either of you want to break down in one what? or several ways why that might be a bit of a weird assessment to make? I would say... The way that I understand bisexuality and the definition that I've always gone by is being attracted to one's own gender presentation mm-hmm. and any other gender presentation. Okay. Like, and that's the way that I've always understood it is that those are the two. That is the bi. It's my own and the others. Like, yeah. that is yeah. it. Oh, the bi is like the two, the two people. Yes, mm-hmm. that yeah. is it. And it doesn't necessarily mean between two people. It just means that like... I prefer um, gender presentations that that obviously that match my own or that are other gender presentations. Mm. Like that is always what it is meant to me. But it is always, but it is also a word I think that is generally misunderstood in terms of um, what it says about behavior, mm-hmm. because bisexuality doesn't actually. See say anything about behavior and like who you will date. And I think that that's what makes people uncomfortable. Exactly. It's just like, it's not my problem (laughs) that they're uncomfortable. Yeah, no, I mean, I actually just organically (laughs) was having a conversation um, with my uh, internet friend and perfect, brilliant, like queermo scientist friend, Chanda Prescott Weinstein Mm. uh, about this because um, she has she was married to a woman now she's married to a man uh, she used to w- use the word bisexual for herself and she's sort of been uh, challenging and evolving on that and so she made a tweet about that, her thought process with herself and, um, and actually got a lot of hate from 
bisexual people, oh. right, who were basically claiming that she was biphobic for mm. for talking about her evolution with the understanding of the term and maybe her thinking about the fact that maybe bi does imply a binary, mm. right? And so that I actually feel the same way. I've been I uh, I use the term bisexual for myself for a long time. I prefer queer now. Mm-hmm. One of my reservations for just using queer about myself is that I think. Qu- a lot of people who self-identify as it's such an umbrella term. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of people who self-identify as queer are only attracted to other people of the similar gender presentation as themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's not my life experience. Mm-hmm. Right. So I do like a term that specifically says like I, Joseph Osmondson, and literally attracted to every gender on the planet. You know right. what I mean? Like someone's yeah. gender has nothing to do with how hot I find them mm-hmm. and nor does someone's motherfucking genitalia, nor to like anything. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm attracted to all different types of bodies and all different types of gender swags is kind of like, what I, you know, like from <laughs> yeah. high femme to like butch as fuck. Um, and I, and I, I personally am troubled by the by in the term. Mm -hmm. Um, I, 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 for me, linguistically, it does imply a gender binary Mm, that I'm attracted to two genders. One of, you know, I'm attracted to both genders. So for me, I, I, I am. And, you know, when Chanda and I were talking, I was like, we are literally living at the forefront of language. Mm-hmm. Sure. Their language m- is growing and changing really quickly. There might not be Absolutely. the right term for us yet. And that's OK. Yeah. And for some people to use bisexual, that's great. And for other right. people to be thinking that term doesn't quite fit for me because I feel like it might be troubling to trans people or non-binary people. Mm-hmm. That's right. great, too. And I, the fact, I, you know, the notion of calling someone biphobic because they don't want to use bisexual for themselves <laughs> any longer is very bizarre is, to me. And on that note, I just feel like bisexual people and people that are looking for or using more exact terms mm-hmm. than ones that speak more broadly. Not that there's any um, dispower to that either. That you really are just so fearless. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To, to kind of to use a term that might be polarizing or might be stigmatizing or people might find like, you know, uh, in, like question mark in some way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to kind of just insist that no like actually you might peg me as gay or you might peg me as something Ooh, I've been pegged as gay before <laughs> I just wanna, and that's what I loved about the, the point that you made earlier that I just want to make sure that you know that I like it all <laughs> <laughs> slide that's into right. my DMs I'm horny as hell <laughs> like I always say I will date any hell. gender of first time <laughs> yes. 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 I'm feeling like I'm full, but I could fit just one more thing inside me. Dennis knows what I'm talking Ooh. about. Mm-hmm. And our dessert will be presented by the hoe of honor in this here studio. <laughs> Ashley, tell us why Golden Girls <laughs> is... Oh, yes. The greatest show ever created. All right, let's go. Let's go. First of all, <laughs> we're ready. We're ready. First of all, takes off your earrings. <laughs> listen, okay, this is a very, I'm assuming, queer friendly podcast. Um, so we let's try. start from the fact that four women live together in a house in Miami. Not just yes. four women, but four women who are in the late autumn into the winter of the <laughs> It's like you're a writer or something. As, <laughs> as a line from the show that would aptly describe what it's like is sometime, Dorothy actually says, some nights we could read by the hot flashes. Okay? <laughs> like from menopause. It is a show that is so painfully self-aware yeah. while being expansive at the exact same time that I genuinely believed that it turned a young Ashley into the liberal, progressive, feminist, bisexual but, she oh is my today. God. I am Everything not kidding. Ha- wow, we owe it to the Golden Girls. We owe it. The Golden Girls was one of the first shows that I ever saw present queerness or homosexuality as something that might be controversial or might be difficult to talk about, but didn't actually say anything about the character of the person who was homosexual Mm. or queer. Yes. 
I oh my god. So let's just go there. Let's talk about the mm-hmm. fact that this is a show that not only glorifies but also really really deeply engages with the idea of chosen family. Mm. Mm. On the show, we see these women struggle to be considered family in the eyes of the law. I'm going to cry. We see them struggle to be considered family in the eyes of other family members. mm, That's right. Mm -hmm. We also see them show up for each other without question. Mm Over and over again. Even through conflict. Even through conflict. Mm -hmm. They cannot stand each other's guts Mm -hmm. one second and the next second be in the kitchen sitting around a Mm -hmm. cheesecake and solving every single problem that if we had listened to them then would be solved today. Today, Yes. I have this. I cannot. I also, just, my, first right my first exposure to my cheesecake. My first exposure. My first exposure to cheesecake as well. I'm not kidding. These these women are smart, warm, kind, but also saucy. Mm. Yes, ferocious, and these are also women who engage with the world through the through the entirety of their lives. Yes. You, we are, this is a like a show about women in their 50s, 60s, um, at certain points, 70s, mm-hmm. 80s. These women are having weddings. These yeah. women are dating. These women have active sex lives. Can we talk about the sex positivity? We can oh talk God. about the it sex is... positivity because Blanche <laughs> yeah. Devereaux. Blanche Devereaux. Any day. Listen, Blanche Devereaux, she is certified. Blanche Devereaux was original. There is, Listen, there is an episode that I love so much where Blanche and Dor- where Dorothy is the one who's like really smart, but also like I think Dorothy is kind of better. Yes, <laughs> she, she has is. a terrible ex husband named Stan who keeps showing up. Um, I am and Dorothy. Dorothy I, I mean, I'm Dorothy. I'm such a Dorothy. Dorothy. <laughs> Is having a hard time. Blanche takes her to her favorite bar called the Rusty Anchor mm. with all these old sailors and stuff like that. Who <laughs> she's a, the only woman who shows up at this bar. So and that's why she goes yeah. because she gets all the attention and she brings Dorothy and Dorothy sings a song and Dorothy has this beautiful voice because it's actually B. Arthur and she sings a song and all the guys start noticing her a little bit more and it's like well Blanche is always here and then ah! Dorothy and Blanche get into it oh but God. by the end of the episode. So it's like what they ultimately have a conversation about and decide is we are family first. Every man in that room doesn't matter more than we matter to each other. Mm -hmm. And they go and every episode is that way. Every episode has the lesson that at the end of the day, the people who love you, no matter how much they annoy you, are your people forever. They will have your back forever and that love literally expands out into the world and changes us all for the better. I just, uh. Uh, I like, as a person who is deeply anxious about the future, mm-hmm. who um, was raised in a, in a very heteronormative place mm-hmm. where the people who take care of you when you're going to get older are your partner and your children, mm-hmm. I, my biggest fear is not having enough money and not having enough family to care mm. for me when I'm old. Mm. I all I want. I actually that- don't want my fa- <laughs> I don't need a partner if I have my golden girls. Yeah. And for that reason, I think the show is queer even mm-hmm. if all of the four women are the four main characters are straight even without the fact that they dealt with queerness yes. explicitly very well mm-hmm. because what a part of queerness destabilizes the nuclear family and yes. the model that the only way to financially care for ourselves and our and our, and our, and our kin that the kin is only biological and that the only mm-hmm. way to care for ourselves is by having kin right who are mm-hmm. obligated to care for us and the show actually gives us another model mm-hmm. it does. of it of does. caring for each other in old age, mm-hmm. through financial difficulties and personal difficulties, through a chosen family. Yes, and yeah. I. When I watch this show, I almost get sad because mm-hmm. I want that in my older years. I want that life in my older years as much or more than I want partnership. But the funny thing is, I think 
I think it's going to be possible for us. It's absolutely mm-hmm. going to be absolutely. possible. It's already happening exactly. all mm-hmm. the time. You know, I see it. I do see it all yep. the time. People are forming families and making families that look a lot like the family exactly. of the Golden Girls. Yeah. And you're right. I love the way they dealt with those things. One of the things I love about this show is that none of these four, there are no easy fixes. None of these four women are rich. They exactly. uh, and they all have jobs at different points. Well, they all the have money issues at different points because that yeah. they have They're to be roommates. roommates. They have to yeah. live together. Yes. Do you Very remember? Oh my gosh! Do you remember way. the episode where Rose finds out that they're cutting off the pension? that she got from her husband, that her husband, because Rose is a widow, and her husband Mm. had worked his entire life to make sure she had this pension when he died. And this was happening at the time that this was happening in this country, that a lot of elderly people were seeing that like these pensions they had been promised for the rest of their lives and that they were able to leave to their spouses Spouses. um, were just like, they're saying the money's not there, sorry. And like they had been paying into those pensions. The working for decades. decades. Yeah. And people wonder why millennials now, why we don't trust these companies and stuff. We watch we you. Know. It's like we watch you screw we, over our grandparents. Thank you. We watch you yep. screw over our parents. Like, so, yeah, no, I think I'm just going to run my money by myself. This episode of Food for Thought was made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rose and also Forever. Dog. Our producer is the mozzarella to our orecchietti, Alexander De Palma. Orecchietti! Our social media manager has her PhD in patterned jumpsuits, Christina Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe, rate, and view us on iTunes, or you'll have seven years of bad news. Joe, you know you know what that's like, right? Don't you? Don't I've you? never had a year of good news. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squishco on all relevant social media. I'm Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com. I'm Dennis Norris II, and you can find me on Twitter at the Earl Denden, T-H-E-E-A-R-L-D-E-N-D-E-N. I'm Ashley C. Ford. You can find me on Twitter at at iSmashFizzle or on Instagram at at SmashFizzle. Find us on Instagram at Gay Sluts Who Read and join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod, where each week we pin some discussions, questions at the top of our pitch to, to continue the discussion of this week's main topic. Sign up for our newsletter to see a list of everything we are reading and some extra delectable content at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. And finally, send us your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick, dick pics to <laughs> thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thoughts spelled how? T-H-O-T. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next week. Wow. Bye, y'all. Yay!